Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now, and I have episode 120 of the podcast that was originally recorded on July 3rd of 2016. Some of the games we played this week, 51st State, Merchants and Marauders, Ra, the original version, Goa, Kuhandal, Dead by Daylight, and some Shadow of the Beast on my PlayStation 4. Enjoy the episode. Hey gamers, welcome to the games. This is Joe Luzzi from What I'm Playing Now, and we are on episode 120 of the podcast, so thanks for joining me again this week. Hey, as always, you can send me some emails, let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to whatimplayingnow at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over on Board Game Geek. We have a guild there. It's What I'm Playing Now, and our guild number is 2440. On Twitter, you can follow me at What I'm Playing Now. Don't forget to drop the G. On Facebook, just do a search for What I'm Playing Now. Our Google plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign what i'm playing now podcast and then as always our twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what i'm playing now well i was hoping my wife was going to be able to join me for this episode but i have a feeling she is going to be delayed for at least one more week her mother had gone into the hospital a couple weeks ago Uh, she was able to actually bring her home and then her mother passed away last sunday so that is one of the reasons why the past couple episodes have been kind of a little crazy kind of a little hectic and a little off schedule so i apologize for that but with a lot of the things we have going on over here i'm sure everybody can understand we really have to take care of family first and and the board games in the podcast will come within time so i'm going to try to get back to a normal schedule this week although i am a day late but hopefully next week my wife can join me. We can get back to our normal Saturday release schedule and get back to some really good gaming conversations. But I do have quite a bit to talk about this week. I was able to go down to the game store on Thursday. My wife was able to join me. We played several games, but I have a couple of games that I still need to talk about from a couple of Thursdays ago that I had never actually discussed when I had gone down there. I had taken 51st State with me again. This seems to be a game that... I am taking with me weekly, and it is usually getting played weekly, and then somebody's usually buying it after playing it. Uh, 51st State's actually a really good game. I've talked about this game during the past couple of podcasts. I was explaining it actually to my wife the other night when we were playing some board games, and I told her that that's one of the newer games that I purchased that I really would like to teach her, and I have a feeling she will really enjoy, mainly because of the attacking that you can do to each other and the way... Just the general card game feel for the game is is one that would probably fit right within her wheelhouse. It's a game that I really enjoy, and I have a feeling she's really going to enjoy it as well. So 51st State, basically, I had played as New York for this game, and I think this was the first time I had actually been um, kind of dealt the New York faction. I had read that a couple people were thinking that New York was a little underpowered compared to some of the other factions in the game after playing them i will say getting started was a little tricky but once you can kind of get somewhat of an engine going you can try to keep up with the other factions and it is possible i think it definitely does take a little bit different of a mindset than your other ones it definitely is a little trickier to get things going uh, with the new york faction and i'm still really bummed that i didn't pre-order this from portal games and get the two extra factions i'm hoping though those are going to be available either on the portal games website or on a board game where they will have those or possibly even maybe they'll have those at them at Gen Con since it seems like I'm going to Gen Con this year. So I'm going to keep an eye out for a couple of those things while I am out there. But 51st State, if you haven't played this one yet, definitely get try to get this one to the table. Find somebody locally with a copy and I have a feeling it's a game that you will really enjoy. 
The other game we had played that Thursday a couple of weeks ago was, and we only we only got through, I think, about halfway through this game, and that was a game of Merchants and Marauders. So this is basically an open sandbox game, I guess you can say, for lack of a better term. And I sometimes hate using those types of terms because it's kind of tricky to kind of think of a board game like that, but that's pretty much easiest way to describe this. You can also consider this kind of like a 4X game. Um, since you're basically doing exploration, expanding, you can exterminate your opponents and stuff like that. You know, there's a PvP component to it. So, But it's based in a pirate-like setting. So that was something that I had really been interested in. I don't really think I have... I think I only have one pirate game in my collection and that's a game piratology which i don't think i have ever played i think um my mother-in-law actually had bought it for me several christmases ago i think my wife had actually picked it up and i think it was a gift from her and my wife and i have never actually sat down and played piratology but it actually looked kind of cool but merchants marauders i will say from when i played we played probably about four or five rounds before we actually stopped because the store was getting ready to close and we just i was able to actually score quite a few points and upgrade my ship which i had a really good time doing it i hate to say it it kind of plays a little bit like zaya and i think that was one of the reasons why we were playing it one of my buddies jim who i'm going to be also mentioning here in the next few games that i talk about this was his game he actually had the expansion although we really didn't use the full-blown expansion for the game we only used a couple of parts from it since it was really all of our first time playing i believe his as well and he was kind of wondering if he had merchants and marauders if zaya is something that he would need to add to his collection and after we had played a few rounds of it i told him that uh, some of the gameplay was similar combat is definitely different in merchants and marauders than it is in zaya i think there's probably enough of a difference between the two games especially with the themings of one being in space and the other being kind of set in a pirate-like setting you could probably have both of these in your collection easily and not really have you're gonna have a little bit of overlap mainly because of the gameplay but it's it's basically like comparing two worker placement games with different themes on them there's a lot of people who have more than one worker placement game more than one deck builder in their game so i don't see why you couldn't have multiple 4x type sandbox games you know as long as they're themed differently and they do have quite a bit of differing you know, com you know, mechanics to them, which both Merchants and Marauders and Zaya does. You know, I think there's enough of a difference between them that it does warrant it. So Merchants and Marauders was one that was on my want to playlist. I got through half a game, so I guess I could say that's that's a little bit of a start. We're hoping to maybe go down there for maybe like a Saturday or something and get in a full game of Merchants and Marauders and see how that really goes. But from what I've played so far, I really like the game. I had a really good time playing it, and I am hoping that I will be talking about this one here again in the next few podcasts. All right, then this last Thursday when we went down to the store, my wife actually was able to go with me for the first time in a very long time. And Jim showed up, and he said tonight's theme was auction games. And normally, each of us brings a lot of different games to um, our Thursday night, you know, get together. And I thought that was really kind of cool that he actually just pulled several auction type games together, some really good ones, actually. We just kind of played three auction games throughout the night and had a really good time playing them. So the first one we played is a game called Ra. I'm sure a lot of people have heard about this game recently. It was actually just re-released recently with a brand new skinning and new updates, I believe. I don't know if the instructions or the rules have changed any in the game other than the components. We were playing with the, I believe, the original older version of the game. And from what I've heard, the newer game actually does supposedly maybe look a little bit better than the older one. But the older game of Ra was a lot of fun to play. In Ra, what you're doing is it's an auction type game where you're also doing some um, tile placement and set collection. So there is a bag of tiles that are going to be passed around the board. On any players, on a player's turn, they can draw a tile from the bag if it's just a normal 
tile, it will get placed on the track. If it is a raw tile, that will kick off a auction. If you actually want to just invoke an auction, you are, if you want to actually kick off an auction, auction, you can invoke raw, which will basically kick off an auction then. And what you're bidding for then is the tiles that are on the center of the board. And this is where your set collection comes into play. So you're going to be collecting god tiles, monuments, civilization tiles, there's island tiles, which you need a flood to tiles to get points for. And there's, I think, one more type of tile as well. So there's there's multiple different types of tiles in the game. And what you're trying to do is, like I said, is basically just do set collection. So with the monuments, there are multiple different monuments. Depending on the number of different monuments you have, as well as the number of same monuments you have in those is where the set collections come in. That's going to assist you with scoring at the end of the game. Like I said, there are different island tiles, and if you have a flood tile, you can then score those. Those are scored as one point for each tile, and the flood tile score as well. And everybody had a really good time playing Ra. It was really easy to catch on to. After about the first round, go round, uh, my wife and I looked at each other and we were like, okay, we got this. We understand this and where this is going. Uh, the god tiles allow you to um, possibly exchange a tile in the center of the board and then you discard the god tile or you can just take two points for the god tile at the end of the round. I think there's three epics is what you play through. After the third epic, the game is over. Everybody's tallying up their victory points and seeing who has the most and that's the winner. It's a pretty simple auction game, but there's a lot to it with a lot of the different different set collection and each person in front of them has three different bidding tiles that will have numbers on them from I think it went from 1 to 13 and whenever you actually bid and win a bid you're going to put that tile in the middle of the board and there's already a tile there that you're then going to take and flip face over and that's pretty much how you're going to change up on the bidding tiles that you have. So there's a nice strategy in there where if there's a large number out there in the center of the table, like the 12 or the 13, you may not necessarily want the tiles, but you you may want that tile, that large bidding tile for the next round. So you may be, your strategy may be to kick off an early auction in the round, even with few tiles there to possibly just bid and gain that token, which some people did. There were times where there were actually no tiles in the center of the board. An auction tile was pulled and people were actually bidding because they wanted the larger numbered tile that was in the center of the board. So that's a really neat mechanic, I think, to the game that made things in the strategy really interesting because early in the game, there were some people who were actually trying to take advantage of other players by trying to lure them into bidding early and getting rid of some of their larger tokens early on, which is something you kind of have to watch out for. So a lot of strategy going on in this game, a lot of fun. Everybody enjoyed it. And I think my wife and I actually did pretty good in the game. Neither, neither of us won, but I think she came in second and I think I had come in third. So really fun game, Raw. If you have not checked this game out, look at the new reprint that had just come out and check that out. I actually need to look at that myself and see maybe what some of the, the board differences are in the game. I had just seen a few pictures on Board Game Geek, but it was kind of hard. I need to kind of compare them side by side but I need to look at that to actually see what type of components are actually different in that one. So Ra, very fun game. If you haven't played it yet, definitely get that one to the table. Another one we played is a little game called Goa. Now I will say Goa was a little bit trickier to probably pick up on right away than Ra was. Ra was definitely, I don't want to say Ra was a light um, auction game, but it was definitely much easier to pick up on. Goa had quite a bit more going on to it than um, Ra did, but still once we got a couple of rounds into this one 
it turned out to be a heck of a lot of fun. And this was a game my wife actually had won, so she really enjoyed this one. And I was really surprised she was able to win because it was it was a little bit trickier. And both of us were, with our first time playing, we, were, we just thought this was going to be more of a learning game. But we actually did catch on pretty quick and had a really good time with it. So again, this is another auction game. It's also a little bit of resource management. So in Goa, you're working on basically auctions and kind of like a resource management type of game because you're working on obtaining spices as your resource. And there's a couple of different things that are going on here. So one of the first things that happens is whoever has the first player token, there's like a little flag and each person has number tokens in front of them from one to five. So the person who has the flag is going to take their number one and put the flag adjacent to uh, a possible resource that's in the center of the board. And that's going to be the first thing that's going to be auctioned off once they, once all of the once everybody has placed a token on the board. So once that first player places the flag, the next player to their left will then place their number two token on a adjacent or diagonal tile next to the flag. And then whatever tile was placed there by the number two, the next person will place their three token on there. And it kind of goes around till back to the first player where they're placing, if you're playing a four player game, they're going to be placing their, their five tokens somewhere. And these are, these are the resources that are going to be able to be bid on in number order. So the first person who actually put that flag down, that flag is actually the first player token, and everybody can bid and try to get that first player token. And I think my wife pretty much held that first player token, I think the whole game, which was one of the reasons why I think she was so successful and kind of won. And no matter how much we bid, so if the guy, if the gentleman to her left bid seven, nobody else bid, she could then purchase that first player token for six. And she pays that six to the bank. And then you'd move to the next tile that has the number two on there. And everybody would start bidding for that. That tile could basically be resources. It could be cards like ships or um, citizens, which can actually get you... Uh, let you obtain more things on your technology track, which is one thing that you're trying to do. You're trying to increase the different columns of your technology track further along the line because that's how you're going to not only obtain victory points, but it's going to give you more resources and more things to be able to do on your turn because it's going to give you larger, larger pieces or larger, more components to the game, actually. So it's a really interesting type of mechanic to it in where you're bidding. And if you're bidding on something and you actually win an auction and it's somebody else's auction, you pay the person that amount of money, however much you bid. If it's your own auction, you're going to pay the money to the bank. So the further, like I said, the further you get along your different tracks, you're going to get more resources. So there's one track that is ships and you need ships to actually turn in a lot of the spices and resources to move along the technology track. So ships are an extremely important part of the game. And on your technology track, when, you're, when your token is on the first space, you're only going to get one ship card. When you're able to upgrade it by turning in a one of the resources, you're going to be able to then get two, and then you're going to be able to increase by one with each movement you go down your technology track. The more ship cards you have, the more spices that you have, you can then move some of your other technologies as well. One track lets you get gold, the other track lets you get more citizens, uh, which will let you be able to purchase more plantations, which is where is you need plantations to actually be able to put your resources on. There's a lot going on in this game. 
Like I said, this is there was much, much more to this game than than there was with Ra. But after we got a few rounds into this one, my wife and I looked at each other and we I we 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 both really enjoyed this one. I do kind of like a little bit more of the complex games. I thought Ra was a little bit simpler, but still really enjoyable. But I will say Goa was one that we just had a lot of fun with. So if you're looking for a good strategy, if you can keep and hold on to that first player flag throughout most of the game, it's probably a good chance that you can probably pull out a nice little victory because no matter how much we were bidding, my wife was just able to keep that flag and then just keep money rolling in. And I was just amazed at how she was able to just keep keep things going and rolling. And she built up a really nice technology track and was able to just pull out the victory. So Goa is a really fun Great strategy game, auction game. And if you're looking for a really fun game, this one's a little older as well. A couple of the games I'm talking about definitely aren't more recent games. I think this game is from 2004. But if you can find this and you ha- you know somebody that has this in, your, in their collection, definitely, definitely a game that you probably want to get to the table. All right, and then the last game we played for the evening is a little game also known as You're Bluffing. We played the actual, I believe, the German version, Kuhandel. This game is a game where you have um, cards that you're dealt out. You have a set of starting cards, which are which have a different monetary amount to them. There's different animals in the game, and you're basically, it's another auction type, type game. And what you're doing is you're using the different money you have in your hand to try to outbid your opponents and bid on two animals that are flipped over. And the animals will range in price from, I think, from around 10 to 40 or something like that. I think 10 is gold. I think 40, the duck may be the lowest one all the way up to a thousand which is the horse and what you're trying to do is you're trying to collect four of the same type of animal once you do that you've essentially locked those in and this is kind of just another set collection type of game i've never played a game like this before this is a very light game very easy game to pick up on there's two cards that each player has in their hands which are a zero cost card and you can use these when you're actually trying to bid or take cards from one of your opponents to try to add to your collection in front of you and the sets that you're collecting and that's where kind of the bluffing comes in because you're trying to just throw down a lot of cards to make them think that you're putting in some high price cards when you may not be and when you're trying to obtain a card from your opponent it basically comes down to whoever bid the most and you always get those zero cards returned to you at the end of that little turn so really interesting kind of card game one i had never played before the art on it was kind of funny it was Like I said, a very light card game that we played that everybody had a pretty good time with as well. And that was it for most of the board games that we played. There were a bunch of games that we played, my wife and I played, for the past couple of nights. We're going to talk about those next week, and I'm going to jump over to a couple of video games. A game that I picked up on Steam last week that I got a bunch of people from work playing and that I haven't been able to revisit is a game called Dead by Daylight. This is kind of like a, I don't want to say a survival horror game, but it's basically a, a definite horror game where you have one person who's playing a serial killer and four other people who are playing survivors. So it's a one versus four type game. A lot of fun. It's definitely a horror type game. It's definitely more a mature type game because of the content within the game. But a a lot of fun. I've been playing both as the survivor and both as the serial killer. And it is just a lot of fun. There are a few imbalances in the game since the game had just come out two weeks ago. I know they just released a patch a few days ago to try to balance some things out. I know they're adding in some more functionality so you can game a little easier with your friends. And you don't just have to go into a match on your own with just you and your buddies you and your buddies can actually team up and then possibly play against other people online but um dead by daylight seems to be a lot of fun hopefully i'm going to be able to talk about this one a lot more coming up in the next few podcasts when i actually get together with a bunch of the guys from work and we get some of that in 
Then I also picked up a little game on my PlayStation 4, Shadow of the Beast. I had an Amiga 500 back in the day. Shadow of the Beast was a game that was extremely popular on the Amiga. It was one of the more popular side-scrolling type of games that was released back then in though in that day in that time frame. Uh, Shadow of the Beast on the PS4. The graphics are pretty good. The gameplay for being a side-scroller is okay. It definitely doesn't. It just doesn't seem like it's bringing back the nostalgia that I thought it would. It's an it's an okay game. It seems to be kind of short from what I've read so far. I've played through through quite a bit so far. Um, I'm not done with the game yet, but uh, what I've played I thought is okay. I thought it was going to be a little bit better of a game than what it was. I probably should have waited for this to go on sale, but it was just a game that after it had come out, it was something that I just really wanted to play. I believe you can unlock the original Shadow of the Beast game once you get to a certain point within the game itself. So that'll be kind of cool to maybe go back and I'll see if that one actually brings back some of the feelings and some of the nostalgia that I had for this game back in the day. But Shadow of the Beast, definitely try this one if you can before you buy this. If Unless if you're a huge, huge Shadow of the Beast fan or a huge Amiga fan, this one may probably not be something that everybody will be wanting to play. All right, and that's it for the games I want to play now let's jump in or that i'm playing now let's jump into a thing a few things that i want to play now on kickstarter there's currently a new millennium blade set rotation so if you miss the actual first kickstarter for millennium blades go out there you can kickstart and get the actual first edition well not the first edition but get a reprint of that first set they're also going to have the expansion that was given to all of the kickstarters which i need to go out and get and there's a couple of new card sets expansions i believe that you can pick up as well so i will be getting both of those i was going to try to stay off of kickstarter here but this is something that I can't pass up. Millennium Blades is a game that I really like, so not going to miss this Kickstarter this time around. Hero Realms. My wife and I were actually playing a little Cthulhu Realms the other day. This is their next game, which is based in a fantasy-type setting. It appears that if you want to get this and all of the hero cards and everything, it's around $70, $80. I think I'm going to wait for this one to hit retail before I actually buy into it. I definitely want to play this one first. While my wife and I do really like the deck builder Cthulhu Realms, I'm not really too sure how this one's going to play. I've watched a couple videos on it. It looks like it's pretty good, but it's something that I definitely want to try before buying, so I'm going to probably be skipping this one, although I may hate myself later because of some of the exclusive cards I'm going to be missing from the Kickstarter, and that's something that I, I, I understand why the people or why the companies are doing the exclusive cards, but it's just really disappointing that if you don't jump in on the Kickstarter that you can't really get those games at retail at a later time, and it's like I said before, it's just something that's kind of turning me off of Kickstarter, I think, and I think I'm following Kickstarter less and less because of this fact, so... We'll see. I try to stay off a of Kickstarter, but every now and then a game pulls me back in. Uh, and then one of the other games that I have been looking at, I've been looking for a really good dungeon crawl for my wife and I to play. I had mentioned before, we used to play Mage Knight Dungeons back in the day. We had a really good time with Mage Knight Dungeons and really enjoyed it. And one of the things we enjoyed about it was the PvP aspect. When you're actually going through the dungeon, you can attack your opponent's characters. So in looking at all of the different type of dungeon crawler games that are out there, Arcadia Quest seems to probably be the one that would best fit the bill for what my wife and I would be looking for as far as a game like that goes. So I'm going to be hopefully picking up Arcadia Quest here sometime soon and maybe getting in some plays of that. I'm not too sure how to how too soon I'm actually going to be getting this. I know there was a new one that was on Kickstarter recently and they're pledge window had closed I think right before I kind of decided that Arcadia Quest would be the game so I wish I would have been able to get in on that I may actually email them to see to email Simon to see if I could actually still get in on the Kickstarter for that one and maybe get some of those exclusives for that second game of Arcadia Quest but 
I'm thinking Arcadia Quest might be the dungeon crawl for us. I had spent a lot of time looking at Descent, looking at Super Dungeon Explorer, looking at a couple of the other ones. I was going to be pledging for uh, the new game that had been out for CMON, but I basically skipped that one because there just was no PvP component to it. And that was something that I think my wife and I would really enjoy in a game rather than playing just a fully co-op style game. So that's going to be it. That is it for this episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. As always, send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to whatimplayingnow at gmail.com. You can also join us on our board game Geek Guild, which is 2440. Just do a search for What I'm Playing Now on Twitter. We're at What I'm Playing Now. Don't forget to drop the G there on Facebook. Just do a search for What I'm Playing Now on Google+. Plus. We are plus.google.com slash the plus sign What I'm Playing Now podcast. And then, of course, our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. I'd like to thank everybody for joining me in this week's podcast next week i will hopefully be back saturday or with my wife as my co-host and we'll have a lot of good games to talk about because we've played quite a few games the past couple of nights and i have a feeling we're going to be getting in quite a few more games this coming week so as always don't forget go play some games and then let me know what you're playing now thanks for joining me everybody have a great week we'll see you later bye-bye